some important lessons that we can learn from the past to inform our fundraising today and in the future. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the fundraising school. I'm joined today by my good colleague, Dr. Tyrone Freeman. Tyrone leads the undergraduate program at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Importantly, he has been a frontline fundraiser in community-based nonprofit organizations in higher education. His career also includes some time as associate director of the fundraising school, and now he's a key leader in our academic programs and research department of the School of Philanthropy. And Tyrone, thanks so much for being with us. You are uncovering some fascinating research about an important historical figure who can inform our fundraising today. Tell us about that. Oh, thanks for having me, Bill. I'm yeah. really appreciative of being here. Uh, yeah, I've been doing research on the history of African-American philanthropy, but also looking at it in contemporary times and learning some fascinating things uh, about donors like Madam C.J. Walker yeah. uh, and her uh, um, you know, uh, friends uh, who are also engaging in this work. The big takeaway, um, if you look uh, beyond the, the specific stories, is that uh, donors of color are not new and emerging, mm -hmm. which is contrary to the public conversation right. we've been having in the field. Uh, that label has been given to donors of color. And I think it's good intended. I think it's recognizing a desire and a need to be more engaged with, with communities of color. But I think it's misinformed because on the one hand, it denies this heritage, this mm -hmm. longstanding, uh, deeply rooted practice of philanthropy in communities of color um, and is viewing donors of color through our own lenses rather than through theirs. Uh, now, any given individual may indeed be new to mm -hmm. our organization sure. or new to the scene or giving out ways in, in ways that uh, media take notice, but on the whole, it denies that heritage and, and it's, it's, again, it's causing us to look at them through our own lens rather than their lens. And I think that's part of the challenge is that we need to begin looking at these issues from the perspective of the donor. We've, yeah. And Tyrone, help us understand, what is that lens? What is that perspective? How is what we're seeing today consistent with what happened in the past uh, over decades that mm -hmm. is now continuing on in modern times? Sure. Um, so communities of color have, again, longstanding, deeply historically rooted uh, practices of giving. Uh, it's part and parcel of the ways in which they've survived and navigated their experience in this country. It's part of the way they've also expressed their dignity, their humanity, mm -hmm. because it's not just about dealing with various difficulties. Um, and you can look across various communities. I happen to focus on African Americans, mm -hmm. but the same thing can be said about other uh, racial and ethnic groups. Um, and, and just traditions of giving and sharing in the community uh, in various levels, in various ways. Money is a part of that, but it's not the only part of that. Right. Time is very important. Um, and there are many different ways to give. You can give of yourself mm -hmm. by investing in someone else's life. You can give through institutions like your house of worship. Um, but it's just this long, rich history of giving and pooling resources together to respond to needs. And I think you still see those patterns today. Uh, they're difficult to measure, difficult to track. You also see people who are engaging in what we would more traditionally think about as philanthropy in terms of the formalized gifts and beginning to use more of the the, the formalized instruments of giving, uh, donor advised funds, family foundations. Uh, these tools are, are being used by donors of color as well, mm -hmm. but doesn't get a lot of attention or may not be broadly understood by the field. So those, those things are important and are happening today. Tyrone, one way I've learned about this from you uh, when you've spoken on behalf of the fundraising school mm -hmm. is you describe this in terms of
terms of the word story, uh, that mm. people have a story to tell, and that story is not always the same as ours. And you've talked about you know, being philanthropically active, but in their own lens, in their own perspective. And you've been a successful fundraiser yourself on the front lines at the community level in higher education. Mm -hmm. You're very well familiar, familiar with the fundraising school and the people who we serve. What advice do you have for fundraisers, especially since the vast majority are Caucasian, Mm -hmm. uh, the vast majority are female. Mm -hmm. um, what about this issue of story as yeah. we reach across lines of diversity to fundraise? I think it's important to try to understand. I'm going to, and I'm talking about diversity in a racial and cultural standpoint mm -hmm. because that's my research focus. Mm -hmm. But I want to acknowledge that it also includes gender, includes geography, includes mm -hmm. politics. Right. Um, and so it affects everybody. But I think it's very important um, to, to recognize that um, donors of color are not waiting for the rest of us to discover them. Yes. Right? They're very active out there doing their thing as they've been doing across the generations. And so it's important, I think, that we become educated about those things, become more aware. We may not be just simply just not recognize them, but there are organizations like Black Women Give, uh, there are giving circles, there are black benefactors, uh, the Young Black and Giving Back Institute. All of these vehicles are people coming together uh, to engage in philanthropy. And so when I think about what to tell fundraisers, um, I usually think about it in terms of organizations and fundraisers that have no history of engaging these communities. Mm -hmm. And there are also organizations that do have the history, but I think the issues are different. So for organizations without this history, I think it is taking a hard look at um, who exactly is in your donor base mm -hmm. and uh, who have you reached out to, who have you not reached out to, and what can you do uh, to, to begin to understand those donor stories. We can easily say, well, we may have invited them to our event, but they didn't come. Mm -hmm. But then we tend to move on to the next event. We'll say, well, wait a minute, let's lean into that. Why didn't they come? Why didn't they respond to this particular solicitation? What can we learn? We do that in so many other ways. We, we, we want to know exactly what's motivating and what makes the donor tick so we can properly reflect that in the cultivation and in the relationship. I think we should be able to do this when it comes to issues of race and culture as well, too. Understand these broader traditions, but then move in and understand this particular individual and his or her preferences and needs and how can we begin to reflect that? Um, then I think when, when there's organizations that do have the history, I think one of the challenges there tends to be uh, looking at um, implementation of practices in fundraising, developing the resources to fully invest in it and, and to engage the process uh, from that standpoint. So uh, they may have a base of donors that they've been actively working with, but sometimes the execution struggles or, or limited resources prevent them from engaging even more. So I think it's, it's ways to think about if we're not engaging them, how can we ask different questions? How can we push ourselves to reach out, to find out their stories, and then reflect those back? Talking with Dr. Tyrone Freeman and that whole explanation of developing relationships, understanding people's stories, uh, engaging with them, inviting them to events, and moving on and developing that relationship, certainly consistent with all of fundraising. When we talk about the values exchange of fundraising, it happens within that context of relationships. And Tyrone, we're talking about the individual fundraiser, but as you know at the fundraising school, we also talk about the culture of philanthropy overall throughout an organization. And on this very important, crucial topic of diversity, how important is it uh, throughout the organization uh, in terms of diversity, diversity of staff, diversity of board uh, that can help us then uh, increase diversity amongst our donor base? Yeah, well I have two thoughts on this. The first is, is I think it's important to be aware of the status of diversity on the board um, and amongst the staff because I think those can be ways in which we can begin to be more open 
uh, to different constituencies, uh, but that's not necessarily the case. And one of the challenges is that over the past 25 plus years, that's where our conversation has stayed. We've been mm. asking ourselves about the board. We've been talking about you know, America's future as a, a, ma a majority minority right. country, and we need to get ready to survive you know, and, and to, to thr uh, thrive in, right. in that kind of environment. Um, so we do need to ask those hard questions, but I think those are the organization center. We need to ask the donor center questions. Mm -hmm. Who are our donors? How are we engaging them? What are these diverse traditions of philanthropy that might inform uh, the ways in which we might approach them? And then what are their specific needs and interests so that we can truly tailor this? I think when we can move in closer to donors of color and begin to understand them on their own terms, again, not on ours, right. not from the new and emerging standpoint, but from people who have been doing this in various ways, recognizing that the term philanthropist may not mean anything to them. Uh, it, it'll vary from individual to individual. Uh, others will fully embrace it. Uh, but really, so what's going on and how can we engage this donor? And again, we're in this relationship building process. This is part of what we, we do and what we owe to our donors. Um, you know, if you go on uh, Amazon and you look for a book, right? Yeah. And then you go on your social media account, there start to be ads about that book that you just looked for. And that's because the for-profit sector has recognized that personalization is important and understanding your, your behaviors and your interests are important. That has bled over. And I think our donors are expecting a certain level of engagement and understanding. And so uh, it's okay to engage race and culture. It's okay to engage the social and cultural identities of our donors that mean something to them. We shouldn't walk into it assuming. We should ask questions as we do as a part of the cultivation process and then use that information to inform our strategy. There needs to be an intentionality about this yes. in, in the work that we do. Absolutely. Uh, I know the book is not completed yet, but uh, folks listening to and viewing the podcast are going to want to look for this book when it's published. Do we have a title yet that we can look for? You talked about Amazon. What do I enter in Amazon besides Dr. Tyrone Freeman? Uh, well, well, currently the title is uh, Equally Generous and American, The Philanthropic Life of Madam C.J. Walker. Okay. Yeah. Well, we will be watching for that, and you can find Dr. Tyrone Freeman's research right now on our school's website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. And if you add a forward slash followed by the fundraising school, you can also find information about the fundraising school, our public courses, our webinars, these podcasts, and information that can help you make a difference with your fundraising. I'm Bill Stanjukevich, and you are up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.